People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. This is Rodney Trojan welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note here on Fine Music Radio. Let me tell you about a new cabaret that's opening very soon, a brand new South African production called Devil Song, described as a glittering cabaret of villainous proportions. It's a brand new South African cabaret, and it's premiere in Cape Town from the 27th of March to the 5th of April at the Avalon Theatre. It was inspired by Tony Award-winning Audra MacDonald's song cycles, The Seven Deadly Sins. So Devil's Song is a delicious new cabaret that's devilishly good fun. It's a lot, lot of devils here. <laughs> and playing in it is Skuman Smith, a two-time Naledi Award-winning nominated performer. His credits include, among many things, major musicals, Sweeney Todd, Rock of Ages, Into the Woods, The Producers, Sinbad and the Sailor, Evita, all that sort of thing. And he's also done things like Mozart's Requiem and some opera. But we're going to find out all about you. Skuman Smith, welcome to People of Note. Thank you for the invitation. It's lovely to be here. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I want to know why Devil Song is a cabaret of villainous proportions. What is, what is it all about, without giving too much away, of course? Well, I'm going to try my best not to give <laughs> as much away as... Um yeah, because I want people to come and see it. Well, uh, as you said, the starting point for Devil's Song, a cabaret of Linus proportions, was a song cycle written for Broadway star Audra McDonald, and it deals with the seven deadly sins. And so the director, David Fick, and I use that as a starting point to start asking a couple of questions, like, given the right set of circumstances or certain decisions, uh, what makes a villain? And... Can anybody be a villain? And do villains know that they are oh that they are villains? Interesting question. Yes. So, so you know, taking those those questions, we then took a look at literature that is out there from plays, from books, from poems, and used that for me to interpret a certain villain. Some of them are very well known, and you'll very quickly <laughs> pick up who they are, and then. Some of it is a little bit, I suppose, for lack of a better term, nuanced. Yes. You, you, have to, um, you have to really listen to get behind who this person is and what they are trying to say. Is it a one-man show? It is on? a one-man show. Tell me a little bit about David Fick. Um, David Fick is an arts educator in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. I'm also married to him. so oh, okay. He's my okay. husband. So uh, double duty, double whammy. It's always nice. So being married to a, to another creative person, but he's an arts educator and um, has done predominantly independent theater in, in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And the two of us, when we work together, we try as much as possible to focus on small theater, small, small work. So when we work together, it it is usually either me, but it would never be bigger than, say, for example, four or five people on, okay, on stage. Okay. So this uh, this concept of devil songs. So you took the seven deadly sins, yes. those songs that you spoke about at Broadway, and did you and 
David, then sit down and think, look, let's make this into a play with a narrative. Absolutely. Is that well, how it actually yeah, works? Absolutely. Well, David did most of the things. It's, it hasn't <laughs> existed before. It's a wholly new It is a cabaret. wholly new uh, devised curated. Let's go mm-hmm. with curated. Curated is a good curated word for show. Theater. Yeah. And regarding things like, you said small scale, regarding things like sets and costumes. Yes, there are sets and costumes, but but obviously brought down to a to a smaller scale. The best way to I think think about theatre of this scale is to think about it a little bit like painting. The smaller a person paints, the more detail and the more finesse you have to work into it. You can get away with a lot of things the bigger the yeah. production becomes, <laughs> yes. or the bigger the painting right, becomes. Right. So, so yes, there's there's a lot of costuming, there's a lot of sets. I'm trying very hard not to give any of it away because of I course I desperately wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> because, for example, you said just now how we might recognise. Are you sort of setting up people that we will know? Yes. Quite easily. Yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> <Right>. Enigmatic <laughs> it all is. Enigmatic it all is. Yes. No, there, there are definitely people. Um, for example, I do Hamlet, but in Afrikaans, a translation by in man, the show. In, in the, the show, show by a man called Atamal. And, you know, it is the most beautiful translation that I have come across of Hamlet. And, and you know, it is so rarely done. I suppose... You know, the only person that would probably take something on like that is Martinez Basson. Oh, it, yes, I mean, yes, that, yes. That's his, his type of thing. But mm-hmm. it, is, it is very rarely done. And now, look, can you give us a, an example of some Shakespeare in Afrikaans? Just a little snatch of a line that you find sure. particularly evocative. So I'll start, with, I'll start with the opening line. Yes. Um, to be or not to be, that is the question. So in Afrikaans it would sound like, To wees of niet te wees, dis die vraag. Of eerder is dat je jouw geest laat martel, die slingersteen in pijl van een vrede lot, of wapens die een zeer van moeilijkheid opnemen in dit urban. It does sound, it does flow off the tongue, doesn't it? Does, it does, it does. And it's. I'm almost surprised. Yes. I don't know why I should be surprised. Yes, <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's a type of Afrikaans that I, as an Afrikaans speaking person, so rarely hear anymore. Yes. It's a very florid, sort of silky. Mm, silky silky way of speaking. Sometimes on this program I've had Afrikaans poets, authors, and have asked them to read something. And it always strikes me as very, I've got to think of the right word, evocative and beautiful and silky. It is. So do you do that speech? In I this? do that speech. I also do, because one of the villains that I portray is the snake from the garden. Oh, yes. And we have decided that uh, the snake will be in Afrikaans, and we have taken the translation from the 1953 Bible, which is equally beautiful. It sounds like poetry. You mean the, the snake in the Garden yes, of the Eden? Yes, the snake in the garden, um, with the enticing, sed- seducing Eve, Eve with, the, with the apple. Okay, and that's in Afrikaans? And that's in Afrikaans. A little so, clue there? Um, Sorry, I'm springing this no, on you. No, not at all. <laughs> so... The opening line is Maddy Slang was listiger as al die dieren van die veld wat die Heere God gemaakt het. En hy sê vir die vrou, Is dit ook so dat God gesê het, Jylle mag nie eet van die vruchten van die bome van die tuin nie. And it was almost sort of easier to, to get to the snake with this silky 
language, the yeah. silky yeah, approach yeah. to Afrikaans. Gosh. Okay. More I want to find about you, uh, Stuman. <laughs> but first of all, your music choice. I like the title of your first piece that you've chosen, An Eye for Optical Theory by Michael Nyman. What is this all about? Yes, An Eye for Optical Theory by Michael Nyman is, is really one of my favorite pieces. I'm, I'm always intrigued by artists and composers that shake things up a little bit within the context of an established art form. You know, I think it's easier to, in a way, easier to, to throw out the baby with the bathwater and just rebel against anything that is the convention. But I think it's a whole lot harder and a whole lot smarter, and I think you have to be a whole lot better at it to be able to work within the construct of, of, of a conventional style of music. So an eye for optical theory, uh, he, he also does a lot of film scoring. So an Michael eye Diamond, yeah. Yes, Michael yeah, Diamond. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, this was written for The Draftsman Contract, um, a 1992 movie. I won't go into too much detail about that.
music by Michael Nyman called An Eye for Optical Theory from a film. Which one, Skuman? The Draftsman's Contract. Ah, the Draftsman's Contract. The first choice of my guest on this week's edition of People of Note here on Fine Music Radio, Skuman Smith, who is starring in a one-man show called Devil Song, a cabaret that's opening at the Avalon Theatre on the 27th of March. But now... I want to ask you about the various things you've been in. Let's just move away from devils and things and villains for a while. (laughs) Because, as I said at the beginning, you've done a number of the big musicals, haven't you? So, theatre is very much, has it always been part of your life, theatre? Yes, I am a third generation professional singer. Oh, are you? So, yeah, it was, it was kind of going into the family firm, as it were. My grandfather and my mother were, were, were classical singers. And that was the plan, I think, at the beginning when I when I started. But, um, but you know, when I, when I started out, the, the the work for classical singers started drying up bit mm-hmm. by bit. So you know, it became increasingly hard to to only do that. And by pure chance, somebody from Joyce Levinson from the National Children's Theatre phoned me one day and said, now look, we're doing Secret Garden. The boy that did its voice has broken. We're looking for a, a, an adult actor that could maybe fit the costume. I was much smaller then. Uh, <laughs> maybe fit the costume and can sing some tricky music. And that's kind of how musical theatre and all of those things started happening for me. That was 18 years ago, so oh, I've been very well, lucky. You have. But lucky. you have done a lot of classical stuff. The Mozart yeah. Requiem, it says here. Yes. Un giorno di regno, the opera by Verdi Carmen. Yes. Um, a, a host of things like Noddy, <laughs> The Adventures of Oliver. <laughs> yes. That's sort, of, that's sort of when I made the switch. I mean, I mean all of the classical things was, was a long time ago, and, and I, don't, I, don't really, I don't really do that kind of thing anymore, frankly, because I don't have the stamina. It's it's a different that you know they're the weightlifters of the singing world they're the powerlifters of the, the opera singing singers. the opera singers you know yeah. musical theatre requires a different kind of fitness a different singing fitness mm-hmm. to to opera sound and it's often uh, mic'd isn't it and it's, musical and musical theatre is often mic'd and and the approach is different it's a, it's a different approach mm-hmm. to to singing and making noise. It's true, for making a noise. <laughs> yes. But these musicals you've been in, I mean, these are, these, Evita, for example, and the producers, these are well-known musicals. Yes. Uh, producers was a lot of fun. I played uh, Franz Liebkind, uh, the little German band, and that was, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that one stings a little bit. Because it was going to have a whole, a, a much broader and longer shelf life than the run that we did in Cape Town, but COVID hit. Oh no! Oh and and yeah. everything was and everything was cut short. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, we were we were busy with our Cape Town run, and then we were going to go to Joburg, and there were some possible extensions there. There were some all sorts of talks of maybe some other touring opportunities and. Sadly, none of that. No. None of that was and you possible. obviously survived COVID somehow, you and your partner, David. Yes, Flick. yes. I, I mean, I, at the time, I was a part-time lecturer at Waterfront Theatre School. So I, oh, yes. Okay. So, so I taught, I taught singing there, and that that definitely helped. And once again, I was one of the lucky ones. So, are you what they call um, 
not a triple threat. What's the thing they call it? Yes, where you can tri- sing, dance, and act. Um, no, I wouldn't quite go that far. Okay. I mean, I, I I sing pretty well, and I am very funny on stage. Uh, so, I, I mean, there is a fair amount of acting that can happen. And uh, I am what my friends and colleagues refer to as a paint-by-numbers dancer. So you have to go very slowly <laughs> and explain everything from start to finish for me. When you when you are asked to dance, when I'm asked to when I'm asked to dance. So do you now? Do you do mostly comedy or or do you do serious theatre as well? Yes, once again another happy accident. I uh, when I started out in musical theatre, they, they they tended to cast me for for tricky singing, or a singer that could sight read in the ensemble, and then Jakob uh, Rensberg from Bio Theatrical said. Look, we're doing Rock of Ages. There's this funny part. And I'm pretty sure you can be funny on stage. I'm pretty sure you know how to do that. And got the part in the rest, as they say, is history. history. So, yeah, I do, I do pre- predominantly character work. Okay. This, yeah. this show that you're doing, this cabaret, Devil Song, is that serious or is it comedy? A bit of bit of both. Oh, it is. So yes. there is some seriousness yes, there as a bit, well. A bit of both, and and, and I mean it's it, it's several layers of funny and several layers of of serious. Okay. So we leave the theatre feeling good. We don't leave the theatre feeling distraught. No, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't quite. I would hope not. <laughs> no, I would hope not. <laughs> um, let's have another. I'm intrigued by your next piece. It says here on your list, La Bohème, Charles Aznavour. Yes. Is he singing? La yes, he is singing. He is not singing the opera La Bohème. This is a song La Bohème that, that talks about a painter from the time. And Charles Aznavour, I have a long-standing fascination with the man. You'll you'll hear that it, it's it's a pretty song, and it's so it's not from the opera. No, Puccini's it's not from opera. the no, it's not oh, from the okay. opera at all. Okay, it's a, it's a pretty song. But but my long-standing fascination with Aznavour is is that your moment that you see what he does with the music on stage. It is completely transformed. And you must admit, Skuman, I hope I'm not saying the wrong thing. He does have a strange voice. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, you agree. Absolutely. And I presume that's part of the fascination. That's part of the fascination. I am all for the unconventional. Okay. And he certainly is. It is a voice that is, yes. I think, unique. Absolutely. But he's also a unique performer. I mean, once again, I, I go back to you, you, you sometimes, and uh, luckily in this day and age, you can go on YouTube and go and take a look at what he does. Like, for example, with La Bohème, he takes a handkerchief out and then starts wiping his hands. And then before you know it, he's wiping the paint off his hands and he starts to sketch while he's singing the song on stage. And it is so, you are so transfixed by it, you, you can see the color of the paint. And he's doing this with a, with a handkerchief in his hand. Mm-hmm. Let's it's listen. Quite remarkable. Charles Aznavour. Je vous parle d'un temps que les moins de vingt ans ne peuvent pas connaître Mon marre en ce temps-là Accrochait ces lilas jusque sous nos fenêtres Et si l'humble garni qui nous servait de nid ne payait pas de mine C'est là qu'on s'est connu, moi qui criais famine et toi qui posais nu La bonne 
la bohème, ça voulait dire on est heureux, la bohème, la bohème, nous ne mangeons qu'un jour sur deux. Dans les cafés voisins, nous étions quelques-uns qui attendions la gloire Et bien que miséreux Avec le ventre creux Nous ne cessions d'y croire Et quand quelques bistrots Contre un bon repas chaud Nous prenaient une toile Nous récitions des vers Groupés autour du poêle En oubliant l'hiver La bohème Ça voulait dire, tu es jolie, la bohème, la bohème, et nous avions tous du génie. Souvent il m'arrivait devant mon chevalet de passer des nuits blanches, retouchant le dessin. De la ligne d'un sein, du galbe d'une hanche Et ce n'est qu'au matin qu'on s'asseyait enfin devant un café crème Épuisé mère à vie, fallait-il que l'on s'aime et qu'on aime la vie La bohème, la bohème, ça voulait dire Au hasard des jours, je m'en vais faire un tour à mon ancienne adresse. Je ne reconnais plus ni les murs, ni les rues qui ont vu ma jeunesse en haut d'un escalier. Je cherche l'atelier dont plus rien ne subsiste. Dans son nouveau décor, mon marbre semble triste et les lilas sont morts. Là. I said, that's given a unique voice there. That's the voice of Charles Aznavour with a song called La Bohème. And it was the second choice here on People of Note of my guest, Skuman Smith, who's here mostly to talk about the cabaret that's described as a cabaret of villainous proportions, Devil Song. But while we're talking again about Devil Song briefly, because I still want to delve into your background, is I'm intrigued by the Avalon Theatre. Now, where is the Avalon Theatre? Because that's going to confuse people. Yes, so most Captonians would know it as the Old Fugard. It's it is the Old Fugard, isn't it? The Old Fugard, yes. It's just been taken over with new management. 
Um, and there are all sorts of interesting things apart from my cabaret uh, that is starting to happen again. Okay. And I think that's wonderful. Of course it is. It was a lovely venue as the Fugard. Yeah. And I mean, sadly, I never got the opportunity to do anything there when it was the Fugard. The yeah, Fugard. Yeah. So it is a bit of a bucket list venue for me because yes. I've, I've done most of the the nice ones. Um, you mean the theatres around town? Yes, the theatres around town and the ones in Joburg. Mm-hmm. But you are based in Cape Town, yes. aren't you? You're a Cape Town boy yes. through and yes. through. Um, the musical thing, Skuman, where did that come from, your love of music? I know you said your parents were famous musicians, singers. Is that where you picked it up? Is that yes, how you kind of... Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, my grandfather was a was a opera singer. My mother was an opera singer. Would we singer. know their names? My mother worked a lot in, in Greece and in Israel. So she, she, oh, she okay. yeah, so, so she, uh, her biggest part of her career was there do, doing things and actually came home to renew her visa and met my father. Oh, and then <laughs> stayed forever. And then kind of, and then kind of stayed, stayed forever. Um, but yeah, music was always a part of of our family. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much so I have two brothers who are both musicians. Oh, so, so very much the family firm. What was the story you were telling me about just when you came into the studio about your name Skuman, and you said there's a, some sort of variation <laughs> on that? Yes, yeah. So Skuman was actually my great grandfather's surname, and he only had daughters. So to keep the sort of family name going, um, there are several of us that have a version of his name. So there, there's about nine or ten of us, and every time somebody says Skuma, nine people turn, <laughs> turn around. And but it is unusual, you must admit, yes. because it's thought of as a surname, isn't yes. it? Yes, and I suppose, you know, because I, I was born in 84, so, so in and around that time it was sort of fashionable to, to give Afrikaans boys surnames for names yes and of their grandfathers and, and fathers of their grandfathers very much and so. fathers and things like that and your first break into the sort of musical thing came after all your singing of opera and training didn't yes. it um when you were invited to do what was the first big thing you did on a big musical uh, the first big big thing that i did was sweeney todd mm-hmm. and i loved it Oh, I, I love that. Was Peter Turin's that was Peter production. Turin's production. And I mean, I didn't have a particularly... Uh, Jonathan Rocksmith was Sweeney Todd. Yes. I didn't have a particularly big part in it. I mean, I was being turned into a pie eight shows a week. <laughs> but I loved... And every, you've survived. Look at you. And I survived. And if, if, if people ask me, what is the thing that you... If they call you tomorrow, what would you do? Is Sweeney Todd. Really? And I would do exactly so. the same. Exactly, exactly the same. Exactly the same role. Exactly the same part. It was... It was such a great, great experience. Skuman, do you do you write music at all? Do you compose at all? Are you still playing? Uh, no, okay, no, no, no. Okay. That's that's kind of where the talents the talents stop. Oh, okay, no, it's um, not. My youngest brother writes a little bit, um, but yeah, no, I, I leave that to my betters. To your betters, <laughs> yes. Okay, and then. Uh, do you find that you're quite busy? Remember, we spoke about COVID and how that shattered everything. Yes. Has it come back for you now? Are you getting work? and Yeah, and I'm very thankful. Once mm-hmm. again, super, super lucky. Um, sort of straight after COVID, I, I, I started uh, dabbling a little bit in film and TV, which is something that I don't really do all, mm-hmm. all that often because 
you know. Uh, Do you mean as an actor? Yes, as an actor, as oh. an actor. So, so that's kind of kept me kept me going. But yeah, once again, super lucky. And have you been overseas at all? Has your talent, we say, extended oh, yeah, to overseas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Evita that you spoke about mm. a little bit earlier. That was that, also a Turin, Peter Turin. That was, one, that was a, in, in collaboration with David Ian Productions. And we toured China for four months. Oh. Um, but yeah, I've, I've sung almost everywhere now, which is, <laughs> you know, it's been a great experience. I've been to Scandinavia. I've been to Europe, um, Asia. I've never been to Australia or New Zealand, so I'm kind of holding out for that. Yes, there you are. And have you ever worked on cruise ships? Yes, yes. Because that seems to be the staple diet very often of actors. Yes. Um, either early in their career or late in their career. Yes, I, 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 worked, I worked on cruise ships uh, uh, earlier in, in my career. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the appeal is that um, you work very little for a lot of money, you know, and I mean, that's the long and the short of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As an actor, that's very important absolutely. for you, isn't it? Because actors do battle, don't they? Absolutely. But at least we have, let's be honest, people like Peter Turin with the Theatre on the Bay and yes. also this place, Artscape, yes. offering um, wonderful yes. productions absolutely. and opportunities for actors. Thank goodness for Mr. T. I mean, I've been a bit of a repeat offender there, which is, you know, you count your blessings. Mm. Um I hope there are many more. Okay. He's not allowed to die. He can he must just live on forever and just give us all work. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna have another music break now, Skuman. Custard Diva, Maria Callas. Tell me about this. Yes. Um Maria Callas is is somebody that has had a profound effect on my life. And there is something that she said in an interview, and I'm, forgive me, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I, I can't remember exactly, but, but I kind of try and live my life by this. She, she said that love and devotion makes me serve what I adore, not willpower. And that's, oh, I mean, that's, that's, that's quite a statement, it and that's, that's, that's quite something to try and live up to um, when you are in the arts. Just say it again. Love and devotion makes me serve what I adore, not willpower. Mm, very true, isn't it? Very true. And apparently she lived to that. Did you see the production? I did. I did. I, I, and, you know, I was... Masterclass. Yeah, masterclass. Um, you know, apart from Sandra Prince-Lewis, fantastic portrayal of oh, Maria she was Callas. wonderful, wasn't she? Yeah, I was, I was deeply moved by by the piece and and what Terence McNally was doing through Maria Callas was was giving giving an interesting glimpse of of uh, I think a, a part of what what the public don't necessarily see from artists and we all go through that mm. in varying degrees no, no mm. matter how big or how small the, the career is you know Yes, you, you're going to make friends, and, 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 and it, it can be a lovely experience. But for a large part of it, it, it is very lonely. It is very lonely, and, and you know, coming to terms with that and, and mm. you know, mm-hmm. facing that. Oh, I'm glad you liked it, because I, it was a remarkable performance yes, on, uh, on the behalf of Sandra. So now you've chosen Maria Kallas singing that great aria from Norma Custodiva. Thank you. 
Voice, the glorious voice of Maria Callas singing Custodiva from Bellini's opera Norma and a choice of my guest Schumann Smith who's here talking about um, devil song but voices clearly are important I mean you spoke very engagingly about Charles Aznavour and also about Maria Callas and that extraordinary voice she had which even not having seen her on stage ever which I've never done um has a quality to it which is somehow haunting and gets under your flesh. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, it's, yeah, it is It is quite something. And, uh, you know, I suppose I admire her so much uh, because Maria Callas is, is, is one of those people, you know, if you compare her, which I suppose you should never do, but <laughs> if you compare her to contemporaries, um, it's not a tradition traditionally beautiful sound no it is not that's no. the extraordinary thing it's got power it's got character and emotion yes. but it's not beautiful it's not beautiful it can be beautiful it can be beautiful yeah. but there is something else about it yeah, yeah, yeah. that is so appealing and apparently she was a great actress we and apparently told. she was the only actress of her time, you know, if you if you listen to to what what people people say about her contemporaries, that mm. you know most of the sopranos of 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 her, her contemporaries and of the time period were you know sort of traditional. Forgive me, but Parker and Barkers, they walk out, they park, they bark. She <laughs> I um, haven't heard that before. Yes, Parkers she, and Barkers. Yeah, she she tried to she tried to create people. Mm. She tried to portray people. Uh -huh. individuals and as Sandra said when we were doing the interview about Masterclass she had really a fairly tragic life didn't she yeah, with the whole uh, her Aristotle and Natsis thing and um, yet she gave of her best to the audience as best she possibly could and that's a lesson for everyone I had a friend in Johannesburg who was a musician and he said and he wasn't really an opera lover and he said one of the finest musicians he knows is Maria Callas how about that? Yeah. A musician. And I mean, I would through and through. It's definitely something to strive towards. Yes. I, mean, I strive. I don't know if I always get it right, but I mean, <laughs> I, I but strive. But now, you said, you spoke about singing, but you haven't told us, are you a tenor, a baritone, a bass, I a basso bufundo? I, I suppose I'm a light baritone, a baritone with high notes. Okay. But you told a lovely story. I'm cueing you here now yes. about your singing uh, teacher. My singing teacher, Hanna van Skolkberg, said, yes, I, uh, darling, I suppose you're a baritone with an identity crisis. <laughs> <laughs> and are you happy with that? I'm perfectly happy. So you're a higher baritone. I'm for... a higher baritone. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, there were other teachers. Uh, the teacher before that was Hanli Stapeler, who is the head of voice at University of Pretoria. 
Um, but but those two people really uh, gave me the opportunity to know what to do with it. Mm. You know, previously mm. nobody knew what to do with the sound. Everyone I've spoken to who is a singer, an opera singer especially, has made me realize how incredibly important a teacher is. Oh. You've got to find the right teacher yeah. who discovers in your voice what must be brought out. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. You know, my mother always says, this might be a little bit cheeky, but my mother always says, you know, a singing teacher is like a good bra. The one that works for you is the one that works for you. <laughs> and I suppose that's one way of looking at yes, it. Yes, I suppose that is one way. And I presume you, you feel it immediately when you go to a teacher for the first time and you know immediately if this woman's going to be okay yes. for you. Yes, and and we had an instant connection in the first 20 minutes of my first lesson. Who, which one? Hannah. Uh, Hannah. 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 Okay. Yeah. She's got S an incredible... Similarly with Hanley, but, you know, I came to Cape Town because I, I, I grew up in Johannesburg. Um, but some, it was a similar sort of we clicked mm -hmm. and we... We, we understood the language that the other one was speaking, you know, on a human level. Yes, so important. Uh, do you still go for lessons? When I have the chance, um, she's going to listen to this interview and I'm going to get a phone call probably five minutes afterwards and say, I never see you enough, which is the <laughs> truth. But yes, I, I do go ever so often for, for a tune-up. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to take another piece of music now. And this one is When It Ends, Eartha Kitt's Wild Party. What's this about? Yes, the, so, so Eartha Kitt was, was cast in this musical Wild Party When It Ends, and um, it's a cautionary tale. It's a little bit cheeky, but it's, it's a cautionary tale. And I just chose Eartha Kitt because that is a lesson of taking what you have and learning to know what to do with it. Because let's face it, there's nobody quite like Eartha Kitt, and probably never will be. So, you think the party's gonna last forever And you'll always fly this high, but that depends The higher the high, the harder you're gonna crash Back down when it can make a fortune doing next to nothing You can sit there on your ass and screw your friends But you better know how to kick, kick, kick your way out of the burning room When it ends You can sell your body to the highest bidder you can call it love and cash the dividends You can take a million dollars But you're on your own When it ends Beauty won't matter And brains won't matter When the world falls apart One cold and starving night Money won't matter
But you've got the right to stop when it ends. When it ends. Well, there's another extraordinary voice because that voice of Eartha Kitt is, again, like Aznavour, like Cullis, unique. In in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is just not, there is no one quite like her. I suppose it's a little bit, it's, it's a little bit like, I suppose like Elaine Stritch. There's also, you know, you, you can't necessarily describe it as pretty, but there's definitely something interesting there that mm-hmm. is holding your attention. No matter what she does. Do you, when you're relaxing, uh, Skuman, listen to a lot of music? I do, but I try and listen to as little musical theatre as possible. Okay, okay. Yeah. So maybe some classics? Definitely some classical music. Uh, Definitely (laughs) not Wagner. (laughs) I'm Um, just teasing you. Quite fond of Bach. Oh, good. Yes. Well, then you're allowed to stay. Yes. Um, Talking about staying, you have to go quite soon (laughs) because we're going to run out of time. But this show, uh, Devil Song, that opens, I must just remind our listeners, on the 27th of March and runs to the 5th of April at the Avalon Theatre, That's remember, it. which is the old Fugard there in town. And is it traveling at all or not? We we are working very hard to try and get it to travel. There is uh, some interest for it to go to Joburg in the second half of the year and uh, very exciting. We We are talking to a theatre festival in New York called the United Solo Theatre Festival. Well, imagine if you get that. Yeah, that would be wonderful. I mean, that's that that would be ideal. And that's a, that's a theatre festival in New York City that is only about one-man shows mm-hmm. in every shape or form. I shall hold thumbs for you. Thank you very much. So is this the premiere that we are going to see? This it hasn't premiere. been performed before. No, it has not happened before. Are you one of those people who can do voices? Or not really, because you spoke about all these people that you're doing. Do you do? do you, can you? What's the word? Can you uh, imitate, impersonate? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've never tried it, but I mean, I'm I'm quite I'm quite good with accents and things oh, like okay, that. So, I okay. mean, I that, I suppose that's not too far of a stretch, but no. I've never tried it. Okay, know. but accents would help yes. identify, as you yes. said, these people you're yes. keeping secret from us for the yes. moment. Yes. And then, um, Skuman, what do you do after that when Devil's Song? Um, there, there is one or two uh, projects in the pipeline that I can't uh, talk about right now because I would be wrapped over the knuckles. But so far, it's looking like a busy year. Which oh, that's is, good for you. That's that's good. Skuman, it's been good talking to you about something quite unusual, um, a villainous cabaret of glittering proportions or a glittering cabaret of villainous proportions that <laughs> says Devil Song, as I said, go along and see it 27th of March at the Fugard, which is now called the Avalon. And your last piece of music, Skuman, Glamorous Life, Audra MacDonald. This is the person from whom you got your inspiration. Yes, this is, this is the lady that started it all. Like I said, I don't often listen to musical theatre, but if I do, Audra MacDonald is, is, is up there. I mean, it's just such a wonderful voice to listen to. And this is Glamorous Life from A Little Night Music by Stephen Sondheim, uh, one of my 
heroes. One of one I of my gather, sir, after you raved oh. about Sweeney Todd. Yes. <laughs> Skuman Smith, thank you for being a guest on People of Note. Thank you very much. It was lovely to be here.
People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions.